0: gators breakdown because there's never a dull moment in gator nation the gators breakdown podcast is ready to go i'm your host david waters and you can find me on twitter at gator Dave underscore sec and join you for some really good news really good news gators hot on the recruiting trail of course, with the commitments of Jason Marshall and Corey Collier from Miami Palmetto, both those guys commit to the Gators in the last two days, and Gator Nation's excited. Gator Nation should be. It's a lot of fun right now. Two big-time targets, two big-time recruits, and they have made their announcements for Florida. We'll get into what it all means here for the Gators, for Dan Mullen, uh, this 2021 class, which is now you know taking off. Uh Look, guys, you know, you go back to, what, say, a year ago. You know, I don't try and look ahead to, like, a, a rec- like for right now, I'm not even worried about the 2022 recruiting class. It's all 2021. So, um, but as soon as the 2020 class was signed, sealed, and delivered on signing day, you know, you, you that's when I start looking ahead to the next class. And you guys go back and, re- and remember, uh, back in February, when that class was done, you know, I these group of players from Miami Palmetto uh, were the ones we all keyed in on. And those, those were the ones that you know uh, would say a lot for how this 2021 class would look in the end. And um, it's had some roller coasters. You've had some commits. You've had some decommits. You've had some leans. You who go elsewhere. Uh, but right now, uh, two of the bigger targets on the board from that school, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, Jason Marshall, Corey Collier, five star, four star. Um, I have now made their decisions and will be a Florida Gator. So let's get into what it all means. But before we do, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on news 4 slash Gators Breakdown. You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes there and News for Jack's coverage of the Gators Please share, rate, and review the show. Subscribe on YouTube, YouTube and if you're alive uh, on YouTube right now, uh, like a few of you, a good bit of you are right now, give us a like, uh, you know, like's there, let, let everybody else uh, see what's going on there. So hit that like button, uh, and uh, everybody follow Gators Breakdown on social media, on Twitter and Facebook, at Gators Breakdown. So let's go back one day, let's go back, that's, you know, we're recording on Sunday right now, or Monday right now, let's go back one day to Sunday, and here we go. You know, as the the Gators get one of their top targets here, five-star cornerback from Miami Palmetto, Jason Marshall commits to Florida over Miami and Alabama. And look, this one uh, over the last week behind the scenes uh, was uh, was very, very fluid. Um, And so, you know, uh, last week, you know, kind of behind the scenes, Marshall had all intentions uh, of choosing Miami and choosing the Hurricanes told their staff he was coming, uh, but held off on going public. So that, that allowed Florida to, to keep on him. This recruitment was uh, very fluid the last couple of weeks, you know, with uh, Alabama getting in the mix as well. Um, the, you know, they, were, they were the team – most thought for the longest time to be the biggest competition, uh, for Florida and Marshall had been considered a Florida lean for a while. Uh, and then all the stuff about Miami and the crystal ball picks, uh, you know, and all that stuff started flooding in from Miami, uh, last, you know, about a week ago or, or whatever. But, uh, Florida staff, kudos to them uh, for for finding a way to close the deal in this one. Uh, Late in the week, uh, late last week, I'd heard Florida was still in it, still fighting uh, pretty hard. Then Sunday comes around, and and Florida gets uh, their top commitment for the class of 2021 so far. So Marshall, 6'2", 180 pounds, five-star cornerback on the 24-7 sports composite as the 29th-ranked player in the 2021 class, the second-ranked cornerback in the nation, and seventh-ranked player in the state of Florida. Gators are getting a top-30 national player here. So uh, looking at 24-7 sole rankings, their own rankings, the 26th-ranked player in the country is Marshall, third cornerback in the nation, fifth-ranked recruit in the state of Florida. Go to rivals, and not as high on Marshall, the 63rd-ranked player the fourth ranked cornerback in 2021 and ninth ranked player in the state of Florida, you know, spl- splitting hairs there, <laughs> splitting hairs. Uh, and then ESPN has Marshall as the 42nd ranked player in the country, second ranked cornerback in the country and a 10th ranked recruit in the state of Florida. So 24 seven sports offers this scouting report from Andrew Ivins. Uh, Quote, uh, Marshall has the looks of a new age cornerback given his length. Some muscle has already developed in the upper body, but nowhere near close to being maxed out. A natural athlete with a bounce to his step, which, uh, which likely stems from his basketball background, tracks the ball extremely well, doesn't seem to have a problem flipping his hips while running in coverage, excels on defense, but also makes an impact on offense, can score via the return game, is physical at times, Um, but hasn't been asked to press much in high school plays fast for his size, but top end speed, a question mark given lack of verified testing times should develop into a multi-year starter at the power five level projects as a potential day 2 draft pick. So, you know, you go and look at Marshall total package here. That's why he's rated so high. Total package cornerback, and that shows in his ranking, of course. Um, tracks the ball well. Um, where, if you look at it, you know he's aware of where he's at on the field, and I think you know he shows the ability there to play the ball uh, and play his coverage like he's supposed to. Um, you know. Putting a tape, you know, there uh, on him, like I said. Maybe you want to see some more man coverage and, you know, uh, but, you know, he's not shying away from it when it is there. Physical in coverage uh, when it's when it's there, when it shows, uh, when he needs to be in a run game support as well. Uh, really strong in the red zone. Uh, you know, love seeing, you know, young cornerbacks play with a lot of confidence, and he does that, and we know how important that is <laughs> playing that position uh, and, and, and playing that position with the confidence, and that's what you get here you know, with Marshall. Um, so, you know, while Marshall's commitment was a surprise uh, of being Florida and even the timing of it, um, we go and we go to today and Corey Collier. Uh, we were he, we knew he was going to com- commit on August 10th uh, for for a while now. And um, it was supposed to be around one thirty, of course. And then there were some problems, uh, whatever. So it got delayed till three o'clock. Uh, But they had a scheduled uh, announcement, and he commits to Florida in the scheduled announcement on Monday. The Gators' second defensive back commitment from Miami Palmetto in as many days. Call your chooses Florida over Miami and LSU. 6'2", 170-pound safety, ready to four-star prospect on 24-7 Sports Composite, the 83rd-ranked player in the country, third-ranked safety, and the state of Florida's 14th-ranked player. Go to 24-7, just their... Sole ranking here, have him as a four-star, 179th-ranked player, 11th-ranked safety, and 23rd-ranked player in the state of Florida. And on Rivals, here we go. Here's the headline for, for Call Your Hero Rivals. He's a five-star on Rivals, 17th-ranked player in the country, the number one safety in America, according to Rivals, and the state of Florida's third-ranked player. ESPN has him as a four-star, the 90th-ranked player in the country. Third safety in America and the 17th best player in the state of Florida. So scouting report from 24 seven sports. Once again, Andrew Ivins uh, here says a long frame with long limbs that doesn't appear to be anywhere near close to being fully physically developed as the body is still maturing should add muscle once uh, in college strength program, which will make him more explosive An intelligent defender with good ball skills that knows how to take the right angles. Seems to be more comfortable right now roaming the back end of the defense than he is in man coverage. Has the ability to run with most receivers once moving down the field, but struggles at times with change of directions. Flashes physicality, but not the most sound tackler in space. Will, however, run the alley with confidence. Projects as a starter at the Power 5 level that will likely need a year or two to develop before seeing the field. Has the potential to develop into a day three draft pick. So that's the... Scouting report there for Corey Collier from 24-7. So and I look here, you know, with Collier, I think you're getting more of a, a free safety type uh, on the on the back end there. And you pair him with Donovan McMillan, of course, who would play more of that strong safety role, maybe more in the box, maybe my linebacker too. But if you want to look at him as safeties and if McMillan ends up staying a safety, it's more of that strong being in the box, strong, uh, strong safety type. Uh, but, you know, it gives you a great safety tandem uh, back there. But, you know, Collier could also play some cornerback. He's played some cornerback a little bit in high school, so maybe he ends up there. Um, so, you know, this is one that likely will uh, the staff will, you know, figure out where he best fits later on. And I think safety you know, probably first and foremost. Uh, but, you know, once he packs on some weight, he can be one of those versatile pieces there uh, on this defense, inside, outside, deep, short, however the staff sees fit uh but you know big pull for Florida here being able to move him around uh one big pull for Florida was selling the scheme and allowing him to be able to move uh within the defense you know he's so athletic and and carries some speed with him so he can play uh some multiple positions multiple positions if uh he needs to so uh, look this was I don't think I can overstate it enough. I mean, you guys know, uh, talking about recruiting, just mentioned, you know, go back to last February and how we keyed in on these guys. uh, And, and, you know, Florida needed some some big time, big news here uh, with not only just top-rated recruits, but, you know, I mentioned this earlier uh, on an earlier episode, top-rated targets. You know, these guys were targets that Florida was going after. Uh, They felt um, that these guys were, not only were they high recruits, they were high on the Florida board. Uh, you know the staff really, really wanted these kids, and look, it it, it was trending <laughs> pretty bad uh, there lately. You know, Leonard Taylor goes to Miami, uh, and so you know it's it kind of just um, maybe a lot of people were maybe signaling, oh, maybe uh, everybody talks about the Palmetto Five, and maybe Florida going over five or whatever. But you know, whatever. I mean, this was this was one that the staff kept on after uh, here. So you know, to me, pretty big. Pretty big getting the commitments from Marshall and Collier. And it checks a lot of, checks a lot of boxes for the, the biggest criticism of Florida's recruiting um, you know, past couple cycles in this 2021 class so far. And you know, getting elite talent. Getting elite Florida talent. Beating schools like Alabama for elite in-state players. Stopping Miami's recruiting momentum. All that was done here. Right now. It, it was done here. Now, we'll see where it goes from here. But at this moment... Florida did all those things. They beat Alabama for a recruit in elite recruiting school, an elite football program. Florida wants to get back there, and this is a step in the right direction. Miami's been hot on the recruiting trail. You stopped that as well. As well, so you know, um, as mentioned, Marshall five star. He joins you know Jervon Dexter uh, from the class of twenty twenty, um, and, and as recruited from the twenty four seven Sports composite, you know a five star as well. So. Um, you know we're splitting hairs here. You know, there are other five stars on the roster that this may be a five star on, on rivals, ESPN or twenty four seven, but most use the composite out there since it takes all these and averages them uh, together. You know, just kind of the media standard there. But you know, but with Gervon, Gervon Dexter, um, you know this was a, he was a five star last cycle, the twelfth overall player in the twenty twenty class. Uh, it was a big pull to keep him away from Georgia. Georgia came on strong uh, to, to get Dexter. So you know, with, with Marshall's commitment here, he's the second highest. Highest commit Dan Mullen has received in his time at Florida. You know, Javier von Dexter and then Jason Marshall. Those are the two highest. Uh, hopefully, Marshall ends up a Gator and, and signs. Uh, but for now, him being a commitment is Dan Mullen's second highest commitment uh, so far. And you know, kind of weird that both are defensive recruits uh, for an offensive-minded <laughs> head coach. Uh, it's just, but you know, Mullen has just always had uh, his defensive recruiting a bit better than the offensive side. Uh, there, I think he's pretty confident in what he can do on the offensive side of the ball. Don't get me wrong. He still goes after some big targets and doesn't get them or, or, or whatever. But I think, you know, this, um, he lets his defensive guys handle the defensive defensive recruiting and uh, even going back to Mississippi State, always kind of strong up front as Mississippi State teams. Uh, and Dan Mullins kind of continuing that on the defensive side here at Florida. Uh, so, you know, Marshall is the uh, second top 100 recruit on the defensive side for the Gators in this class as he joins the 95th ranked player in deep- – Defensive end Tyreek Sapp. So top two 100 defenders on the defensive side of the ball, of course, are leading the way in this class. Two top 100 defenders for the Gators class with Marshall and Tyreek Sapp. So as I said earlier, Marshall's the seventh-ranked player in the state of Florida, and he's uh, Florida's first top 10 state of Florida commitment in this class. So his um, Palmetto teammate, of course, the defensive lineman Leonard Taylor, is the 6th ranked player in the state committed to Miami last week after being a Florida lean for so long. So <laughs> Florida was close to having the you know, the sixth and seventh ranked players in the state of Florida, but uh, we'll take Marshall here and him being the seventh-ranked player in the state. Um, so, you know, Gators will still be ranking, working on Taylor, of course. You know, hopefully pulling Marshall and Collier will help there in the end. Uh, Collier's the fourth 14th-ranked 14th ranked player in the state, so that gives Florida two top 15 players in the state. And, heck, if you throw Tyreek Sapp in there, who's the 16th-ranked player uh, in the state, and that gives Florida three in the top 16 Still, it would be better, of course, but uh, trending the right way. Three in the top 16 uh, for the Gators there. And you kind of keep looking ahead. Hopefully, uh, defensive lineman Bryce Langston ends up a Gator in the near future. That would give Florida four in the top 21 in the state of Florida. And then there's still some flip can- chances out there for some other top in sp- state players like uh, Tanis T- Atelier, committed to Ohio State, Corey Brooks, who's committed to Alabama and uncommitted players like Xavier Sori in uh, Langston that can really help the Gators in the state uh, of Florida. But once again, I mean, you got to give some credit to the staff here. Uh, a lot of kudos to the staff here in recent weeks. Torian Gray, Brian Johnson, uh, Hova John Heron, instrumental in stopping all the Bama-Miami momentum here and getting Marshall back-leaning towards Florida and, and then ultimately deciding to, to pick the Gators. Uh, you know, getting a getting a top in-state prospect to pick Florida over Alabama was big here. Uh, look, go recent, just recent history, and, and we saw how the recruitments of wide receivers, Jacoby Brooks, uh, Christian, they played out. Uh, and Bama was pushing really hard here again last week for uh, for Jason Marshall. Uh, and, and you go and look at how those recruitments played out. Florida looked in good shape. Commitment time comes. Alabama pulls them away, <laughs> so uh, just it was just the way it was going. Uh, recently, when Florida was going head to head for Al- with Alabama for commits, and uh, Florida Florida gets one here, and then uh, you another angle as I just mentioned is Miami' recent recruiting surge. Miami eight commits since June, two of those in the last couple of weeks um, from Marshall and Collier's teammate at Palmetto, former Gator commit Rashard Smith and Leonard Taylor last week. Both committed to the Hurricanes and, and, and Miami had Marshall all wrapped up last week. Hit the brakes. <laughs> Florida gets Marshall and Collier uh, to halt Miami's recruiting surge just a bit. Um, and one other aspect about Marshall's recruitment is his former Gator cornerback C.J. Henderson, uh, a big here uh, a little bit too. You know, able to help the Gators here. You know, by by selling how great of a coach and developer Toyin Gray is. Uh, Marshall looks up to Henderson, and, and Henderson could just lay it all out uh, of what he'll get at, at Florida. And we go back to last cycle, and and CJ, of course, you know, I'm sure he had some input uh, of getting his brother Xavier Henderson last cycle. But you know, it, it's different with his brother being a wide receiver. CJ could sell him on the program and, and the staff in general, but CJ could really sell Marshall on, on the ins and outs of, of being coached by Torian Gray and what to expect day in and day out of being a Gator on the defensive side of the ball playing in the swamp playing in the SEC and what that can do for you and your college career so uh former Gator CJ Henderson recently you know signed his contract with the Jaguars top 10 pick uh and you know can really help sell uh the Gator program here but then you know Collier it was a Miami LSU battle along with the Gators and um Look, you go, I'm sure a lot of us watched his commitment uh, not long ago. And the crystal ball, you know, leaned towards Florida. And Florida seemed to be the pick uh, early on. A lot of people were, were picking FSU because of his dad going to FSU. and But, you know, FSU's really kind of struggling, especially when you look at what Florida-Miami's doing uh, on the trail right here. And that just really kind of continued. Uh, with LSU was in the mix, too. But it was, was a, a Florida-Miami-LSU battle. Florida State really nowhere to be found in, in his final picks here. And, um, you know, look, it's just um, – Really, really good uh, to be able for for the staff to be able to sell when it looked like Miami had all the momentum in the recruiting world, and they have for the last couple months. Miami's been doing a really good job, uh, you know, taking advantage of those South Florida players, kind of just having to stay close to home uh, and being able to still kind of go on Miami's campus and and all that stuff, and be able to sell that program uh, with the situation that's going on. So uh, good for Florida to be able to kind of shy away uh, Miami and LSU here uh, for Corey Collier. So. Uh, a lot of the other talk here is just how many defensive back commits uh, the F- Florida has in the 2021 class. This gives Florida six defensive back commitments for the class of 2021. Jason Marshall, Corey Collier, Kamara Wilcoxon, Donovan McMillan, Jordan Young, Dakota Mitchell. And uh, look, Gators needed a d- big defensive back class, certainly got one. Wilcoxon's more than likely going to reclassify to 2020. So, you know, you can say it's five DBs for this class uh, right now. And, um, Florida's got some versatility uh, and some some pieces there. We know some guys are going to be outside corners starting out. You know Will Coxon, when he reclassifies, but he's going to be outside corner. Jason Marshall's going to be, of course, one of those top corners uh, as well. And then McMillan going to be in that safety, maybe linebacker role uh, as well. So I know a lot of people are worried about the number of defensive backs. Uh, It's not too many. You know, Florida loses a lot um, after this cycle. There in the safety, Steiner, Davis, um, you got, you got to replace those guys. Marco Wilson is going to go on to the NFL as well after this season. So Florida needed a big defensive back class. they got a lot of guys who can play the nickel, a lot of guys who can play the cornerback, uh, safety. they got some guys who can play both, multiple there. So uh, Florida's got some figuring out to do <laughs> in the coming up years of where they're going to fit these guys in. But I wouldn't necessarily worry about uh, the, 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 uh, the number of um, – our Defensive backs here. All right, so uh, getting these two big commitments, of course, the Gators are going to shoot up uh, the recruiting rankings. You know, if it means something to you in August, you know, we'll reel them off here. We'll see where where, where Florida finishes, but uh, you know, good little uh, good little streak here uh, to have the, the the Gators you know raise their average up. Uh, if, if you're into that kind of thing and seeing where the team is with these two newest commits for Florida, the Gators surge to sixth on 24-7 Sports Composite and a third-ranked class in the SEC behind Alabama and Tennessee and right in front of LSU. And Rivals has the Gators as the number two class in the country. So with all this, Collier, Marshall, recent commitments from Marcus Burke and, and um, Donovan McMillan just a, a few weeks ago, 25 commits so far for the Gators. And I know a lot of people out there uh, ask about how many Florida can take and, and numbers and, and, and all that. I don't worry all too much about the numbers. Uh, it, numbers aren't going to stop Florida from getting who they really want. Uh, if players want to commit and, you know, Florida, Florida figure out a way to get them in. Um, numbers usually work themselves out. Uh, so, will some players get processed? Probably. Decommits maybe still happen uh, as well. As, you know, we're only in early August. Still a lot of time left. But I, I wouldn't worry about numbers uh, just be excited that uh, a good last couple of days here on the trail for the Gators. Uh, Florida's going to be really choosy from here on out uh, of how those class finishes. And I have mentioned earlier about some of the names out, uh, out there that Florida's still going after. Uh, and, you know, maybe we'll look out for maybe Bryce Langston. I know he kind of hinted towards signing day. He, he may be um, waiting to make his announcement, but uh, that's just one to kind of look out for. Uh, here as is, is one who who may pop soon. Uh, maybe some flips out there, too. So, uh, you know, just kind of keep the tab on. Uh, I think recruiting news will probably slow down a bit. We, you know, I think, you know, we'll see what Langston does. And I know he says wait until signing day, but that's just the one. I keep saying uh, keep your eye on and, and see where that one's going to go. Um, it, hopefully soon. Ho- hopefully soon uh, there. So, man, a lot going on. A lot going on in the college football world. Uh, a lot going on in recruiting these last couple of days. Um, I'll quickly get into, uh, we'll, we'll, Will Miles and I will have another episode uh, later this week. We'll basically hit back on recruiting uh, a bit, get his thoughts on here too. But kind of hard to ignore uh, while I'm live here uh, on this Monday, all the news uh, surrounding just the sport uh, of college football and uh, the player movement uh, to, to play. You know, words coming out that the Big Ten and Pac-12 could cancel their seasons and and reports suggest that the rest of college football uh, can follow. Well, you know, there's word out there that the the SEC, ACC, Big 12 aren't necessarily too concerned with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 want to do and that the SEC, ACC, Big 12 want to move forward for now. Uh, And with them, a lot of college football players. Uh, Of course, the most noticeable uh, and most notable being Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence uh, about the We Want to Play movement. Um, And, you know, he shared the items players want during all this. And here's the six items they listed. Um, One, we want to play football this season. Two, establish universal mandated health and safety procedures and protocols to protect college athletes against COVID-19 among all conferences throughout the NCAA. Number three, give players the opportunity to opt out and respect their decision. Four, guarantee eligibility whether a player chooses to play the season or not. Five, use our voices to establish open open communication and trust players and officials. Ultimately, create a college football players association. And six, represent representative of the players of all Power Five conferences. Um, look, that's only, it's only a matter of time before you get some kind of college football players association. I don't necessarily... No, for sure, that means payment. You know, they get paid and all that, but something needs to be done where these guys have more of a voice. And you know, besides having to, you know, get together on social media and Twitter before people notice them. Uh, you know, maybe somebody like Trevor Lawrence should have already been a you know spokesman for some type of college football players' association and all the demands and stuff that they put out on social media <laughs> yesterday. Uh, you know, should have already been in the hands of a- administrators in the NCAA and. Um, college football presidents and athletic directors and all that We're, that, that that's coming, <laughs> and so it would be good because uh, that may be what saves a college football season uh, that's coming up. Is the players make it known that they that they want to play and that it's a better uh, scenario for them. So I'm going to share uh, some uh, a lot of the thoughts here. Uh, not 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 too many, but you know some players speak in their minds of um, what's going on. Uh, out there with all this, and it just, you know, it it, it it speaks to a lot of the situations these players come from before they get to college and what they have to beat and overcome. And, you know, I'll start with the one that caught my eye the, the most uh, was defensive tackle Kyrie Campbell. He goes, it's my last year, honestly. I need I need this season in order to change my family and my life for the better. I understand that a pandemic going on, but I come from nothing, I've been living in a pandemic. I should, uh, it should be, yeah, it should be a choice. Always ready to strap them buckles up 100%. Come on, time to play. And so, you know, like he says, he needs this season in order to change my family and my life for the better. I mean, Kyrie Campbell is a, a guy who has gotten a pretty good reputation for being a defensive lineman for Florida, and I'm sure he'll get drafted, and I'm sure he wants one more year of tape to maybe even shoot up draft boards some more. Him and TJ Slayton uh, both. You know, TJ Slayton came on late last year. I'm sure he'd like another year of tape as well to, to help shoot up draft boards a bit, and you know, these players want this season, and as he's saying, it's, it's going to help him and his family and his life if he can go out there and play some more, put some more tape, and maybe shoot up draft boards and get even more money when he goes to the NFL. Uh, defensive end Zachary Carter has been pretty vocal the last couple of weeks. He goes so close to changing our lives forever. One season can do it all. Hashtag we want to play. Lorenzo Lingard. I want to play. Even if we got to be locked in. Nothing at home for me. Probably the most notable one. And he keeps it simple. Tight end Kyle Pitts. Hashtag we want to play. And I just think that's noticeable because he is the Gators top draft prospect. He doesn't have to say anything. If he wants to stop playing, if he wants to opt out, he can. And he still be probably drafted in the first round of the NFL, and he's still there, you know, voicing his, you know, decision that uh, and maybe you know helping his friends at the same time, his teammates at the same time. We want to play, you know, and he wants to go out there and prove themselves. You know, for Florida, you know, this is a team that has a national championship opportunity, a yeah, college football playoff run opportunity. Of course, these players want to be out there. They want to play anyway. You know, these, you're not out there right now if you don't love the sport of football, and especially going through everything you've had to go through this year. If you're out there practicing, you love the game of football. You want to go out there and improve yourself uh, one more time, and especially with all this. You know, and I'm sure they want to get their minds off of it. Uh, us fans want to get our minds off of what's going on, and we want to see these guys playing football. You know, it's got to be done safely. It's got to be done the right way, uh, but that's part of what these players are saying. Let's get health and safety done the right way, and let's go out here and play some football. And then um, one other one, and Iverson Clement kind of come out and, and said this today. And uh, let see if I can find it here. Um, he says, Iverson Clement says, I ain't trying to go back to Jersey. We get away for a reason. It's not that we don't want to go back home. Just being at home is not the same as being in Gainesville. Also, I'm trying to move forward in life, not trying to go back to the old me. Don't let that go over your heads. Hashtag, we want to play. And as I said, you know these guys, you know, come from situations they want to get away from, and come from situations that um, they want to better themselves in. And, and look, they're going to get better care at the at the colleges and the universities as well. Um, you know, is there a liability issue here? If uh, and I'm sure a lot of presidents and athletic directors and, and school officials are looking at it that way too. If they're on campus and they get sick uh, while, while playing football, you know these these schools are probably uh, on the hook uh, a bit. And if there's no football played, and these players have to go. Uh, I forgot who tweeted it, and they said it the best way. Look, either way, people are going to get it. People are not going to get it, and people are going to get hurt from it. Uh, and they're not getting any better medical care than what they're getting now, being on campus and and, and being around. Um, the university officials and, and testing and, and everything that comes along with COVID. Um, they're in the best situation doing everything they can right now to stay healthy, doing all the testing, doing all the protocols uh, that it takes just to play the game of football, uh, you know, the multiple testing per weeks, And I know a lot of schools can't afford it. The smaller schools can't afford it, but the ones that can, let them go play some football. 2020 has been weird. It's been different anyway. We don't need all 130 however many teams there are in college football to be out there to play and, and make fans happy and uh, and all that. So, you know, if you want to go play, let them play uh, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. So uh, of course um, that with all this in, in response to all of this, St. Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner comes out and look, he's been hearing all day uh, of maybe the big 10 and PAC 12 decision. And, and what would the SEC do? And, um, Perception is going to be part of this. PR is going to be part of this. If the Big Ten and Pac-12 don't play and the SEC and other conferences do, or does it, you know, are they signaling they don't care about their players as much and all that? I think Greg Sankey puts the best kind of right here. He says, best advice i received since COVID-19, quote, be patient. Take time when making decisions. This is all new, and you'll gain better information each day. So uh, he says, the SEC has been deliberate at each step since March, Slowed return to practice. Delayed first game to respect start of fall semester. And develop testing protocols. We know concerns remain. We have never had a football season in a COVID-19 environment. Can we play? I don't know. We haven't stopped trying. We support, educate, and care for student-athletes every day. And we'll continue to do so every day. That's the best way you can put it right now. There's still a lot of questions. We don't know a lot of answers. But we don't have to make a decision right now. And there's a reason the SEC... Push the start date to the start date back to the twenty sixth. We'll see how it works with the NFL. We see we'll see what happens when students return to campus, um, and if it gets really really bad again, and there's too much of a risk, they won't play. But that decision does not have to be made now. Uh, you know, and the Big Ten made a maybe not so wise decision of of coming out first with their conference. Announcement of how they were going to play and conference-only games and all that, and you know, I, I'm not sure if that really it, it kind of forced the SEC's hand in a way, just because everybody else followed that, and the SEC was the kind of the last ones to announce it. So, could the SEC have played some games against the ACC and all that stuff? Absolutely, uh, that's just uh, another story we've we've discussed. But you, know, you weren't going to play a normal schedule and, and all that, and small schools get hurt, and you know, with MAC already canceling uh, their football season, you know, this is uh, uh, just. So many things we just don't know uh, right now. But no decision, especially from the SEC, right now has to be made. you got plenty of time to kind of figure out everything else. And, hey, look, something that might come out of this is something uh, crazy we haven't seen before in college football. There's talk if the Big Ten uh, and Pac-12 doesn't play, can some of those teams join <laughs> the SEC or Big 12 or ACC uh, for some kind of super conference over for one season. Maybe we'll get something like that. Who knows? Like I said, 2020 is wacky, crazy anyway. No reason the college football season can't be as well. <laughs> I expect it to be. We kind of got already what we expect. You go back and listen to the last episode of Gators Breakdown. Florida draw in Texas A&M and Arkansas. And go back and listen to that episode to, to get thoughts there. Uh, it was an instant reaction to right after uh, we got the news for that, but. Um, you know, it's, it's already wacky. And hey, look, th- that schedule could already be old. <laughs> if the case of um, some different schools want to hop on the, the SEC, or hop in the SEC and, and play some football uh, that we don't normally see in the conference just for one year, uh, let's go do it if it's done the right way. So, uh, who knows? Who knows? We might get some, uh, you know, Florida, Ohio State matchup in a regular season matchup or Florida Oklahoma or something like that you know we'll see we'll see I think uh it takes a lot it would take a lot for that to happen I think uh if you had to ask me right now we're going to play that normal 10 game schedule uh, and maybe every conference is not going to be joining in uh but we'll we'll, we'll see where it goes uh from here so as I said uh, will Miles and I will hop back on Tuesday night for an episode, we'll pretty much discuss a lot of this stuff uh, over again, the message of college football is changing by the minute, by the hour, by every few hours, so I'm sure there will be some new information tomorrow, uh, that's supposed to, be, supposed to be the announcement of the Big Ten and Pac-12, um, deciding not to play football this fall. I think they may wait now uh, just because of all the backlash. Uh, I haven't been able to check on Twitter right now, so maybe some decisions have already been made while I'm recording this podcast. If it has, I apologize there. Uh, a lot to keep up with. But, uh, of course, the main reason we jumped on here, Gators getting on fire on the recruiting trail. Two big-time commitments from Jason Marshall, Corey Collier, and um, you that know, Florida secondary going to be uh, you know trying their hardest to live up to that DBU moniker and they're getting the right players in place. Uh, to make sure that uh, that name can continue for years to come. So that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Great episode here. Love bringing you guys some good news. Two big commitments for the Gators, and that will do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore S-E-C. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.